This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning to you, Charlie. And you too, Franklin. Happy anniversary. 10th anniversary well, for you and I today. Today. It's yes. our anniversary. That's right. So, yes, indeed. Big smooch to you. We've had a lot of fun. Oh, 10 my gosh. years of being silly on the radio. Yes, and uh, now they've. And talking a tiny bit of gardening. Changed, changed location, <laughs> so I'm across the desk from you, so you don't kick me as much. I don't get to elbow which, you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, uh, it's true. We used to sit side by side. Yeah. But now well, we're on camera, so we'll wave to the camera. Exactly. Hello, hello. If you're Uh, listening on the web, you can see us on the web. Not that we're indicating that, because, you know... It's uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, and you were out late last night. I was partying like a... Ooh, baby. It was so much fun. My niece... Niece Chloe married uh-huh. the love of her life, Chris, and the the wedding was perfect. It was such a great wedding. It was a great party. It was just great food, you know, nice people. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was about 75 people, so nice group size. Right. Oh, Music good. was great. One caveat, the air <laughs> conditioning was insufficient, ooh, ooh. and we were upstairs in something called the Jam Factory, yeah. and it was a sweat box. Oh, boy. We all lost 10 pounds easy. However, you know, you had to hydrate, and I'm sure that you didn't stick and to just it was water. an open no. bar, so of course <laughs> oh, it was well, one of those weddings. Why didn't you invite me? Oh, well, okay. There you go, because it'd be dry soon enough. All right, let's 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 get the phone numbers on the air here, because we'd love folks to uh, give you a call and ask and talk a question. talk about gardening or yes. the latest wedding they've been to. Exactly, sure. In Toronto, here's the number to reach Charlie Dubbin, my friends. 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866. 740-4740. Our mantra is call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know. Is Sebastian on uh, the board he there? He is, yep. Yeah. Hey, Hi, Sebastian. Okay, gotcha. Maybe he'll fill us in, because he was at a wedding last oh, weekend. Oh, that's right. It is he wedding. went best bib and tucker, as they say. He looked amazing. Sharp, sharp. Mm. Anyway, let him know that you're a first-time caller, and... That's what you're going to hear when you get to the It'll be range. louder, though, because Frank will get yeah, so excited. Right. He'll, you'll blow your ears out. <laughs> get your garden wings. Oh, okay. Speaking of garden wings, yeah. Garden Walk Buffalo. Oh. Next weekend. Both days. You were telling me about this. Sounds amazing. It's, it's the largest free garden tour in all of North America. Wow. There are 65,000-plus visitors. Uh-huh. They come in from all over the United States and Canada and even further, obviously, abroad. It's free. It's self-guided. There's no tickets required, and there's over 400 gardens wow. open to anyone who would like to look at them. Why don't we do the show from there? That's what I was huh? saying. We should yeah. be doing a remote next weekend in Buffalo. So we're going to have to work on that for yeah. next next hmm. year, I think. So both days, Saturday and Sunday, 10 to 4, there is a chance. They have buses. There's five shuttle buses. 
gardens. Yeah. So you can hop on and off the bus to get to some of the different gardens. But it's it's not just the gardens. It's the history. It's Buffalo history yeah. and architecture. Mm-hmm. So they have... Uh, really well, like knowledgeable people on the buses who can point out interesting architecture as you're driving along, give some history of the area. So, I mean, it's a, it's a whole education, but it is called Garden Walk. And, I, I, you know, I've never been, and I would love to go. So if anybody's listening from www.gardenwalkbuffalo.com, can you keep us in mind for yeah. next year? Yeah, there We'd you go. We'd love to go. And hi to Cindy Zach, uh, who is from the Buffalo area. Yeah, the, the regular we haven't listener. heard from Cindy in a long Cindy time. Long yeah. But anywho. Hope she's well. Uh, also, the annual free Edwards, a lot of events going on, obviously. Mm. The, so there's still the kind of tour stuff. The Hort Societies typically take a hiatus in the summer, so we don't have a lot of right. meetings. Yeah. But we do, of course, have the Toronto Botanical Gardens open, of course, seven days a week, but special on Thursdays. There's music in the evenings. There's really, really good food. They've got an, an outdoor patio, the Botanical Bar, the Garden Shop, uh, of course, free guided tours of the Toronto Botanical Gardens. So Thursdays are special if you can get in there in the evening. Um, and as well, of course, Royal Botanical Gardens is doing special mm-hmm. things this weekend. Family entertainment includes plants to die with, uh, discovering fibers, tours. Plants to die with? Yeah, so D-Y-E. Oh, I get <laughs> Yeah, no, that's I a whole thing. Right the other way. Natural oh, right. dyes, right? Yeah. Natural colors that come from plants okay. to dye fabrics. Oh, Cotton, see, that's neat. Flax. Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forget all the, you know, polyester stuff. Uh, (laughs) There's a special thing going on this weekend called Edible Weekends. There's cooking demonstrations, all kinds of things. And remember, support your local farmers, your local growers. Enjoy super fresh food by supporting your local farmer's market. So in my hood, we have a couple in Richmond Hill um, farmer's markets. One is at the Elgin Barrow Arena every Sunday all summer. And there's also one at Hillcrest Mall every Sunday. And it's pretty yummy food and yeah, nice yeah. things like honey and baked Gee, goods. Uh, there's a... Uh, think of the location for now. A farmer's market, anyway. Just... Uh, Woodbine, what, in your wood, area? Yeah, oh. Woodbine and Davis, just a oh, little yeah, bit yeah. east so on, on Davis market. there. Yeah. Lovely little farmer's market. We got some, oh, God, great sausages. Had them last yeah, night. Yeah, there they you go. They were terrific. Yes, yeah, so you'll often local. have, like yeah. an organic butcher there yep. or, or, you know, Typically, it would be an organic butcher that would show up yeah. at a farmer's market. And, yeah, if they can make a living doing that, it's a lot of work. Yes, indeed. Work all week to grow the food, work all weekend to sell the food. So yeah. thank you but to the farmers. We fully su- support all those local markets in yeah. our area. Yeah. Or try to, anyway. Yeah. You know. Okay, we better scoot along because we have a whole raft of folks all set up we do. to talk to you, Charlie. Are you and sure? We'll, Just me? I think they want to talk to you. Well, maybe maybe a hello to me would be nice. <laughs> but <laughs> Helen is waiting on the line. We'll get to you, Helen. Just momentarily here on Zoomer Radio, it's the Garden Show on the air. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, just before we head to Helen on the line here, uh, I want to thank Alan Gilman. Give him a big Uh, smooch. Yes, indeed. Because when I came in, I got my regular coffee there. You know, coffee with just milk in it. Well, you, the the milk was lumpy. (laughs) Like seriously, like chewy milk, chewy coffee. He found some new milk anyway, sashway somewhere and made me a offer. He came in and he got your cup and refreshed your cup. He's the best. And he's coming up 
next on the, uh, the car show. The, the car show, yeah. After the Dave's Corner show. Garage. All right, Helen, good morning and welcome to the show. Hello. Good Hi. morning. Hello, Charlie and Frank. Hello. Congratulations on 10 years. Thank yes. you. Awesome. We've lasted longer than some marriages. <laughs> oh, not mine. <laughs> Good for you. Good to hear. It's, uh, it's going on 60. Anyway. No. Oh, wow. wow. Wonderful. Good for you. Yeah. Um, yes, I would like to talk about Canterbury Bells. Yes. I have a pot, mm-hmm. and is this a, a, a bell that has a, a bulb? No, that is a, herb, a herbaceous plant. It's all, it's just roots under oh, the ground. Okay. Okay. If it's Canterbury Bells, it, what color are the flowers? Well, they're sort of a, a rosy red. Nice. With the, uh, you know, the little tiger thing on the inside of the bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so I wouldn't be able to plant these in the garden. You would, actually, and they'd be likely to, to survive the winter if you get them in the ground before the end of, uh, like before the end of September. Before the end of September. Yeah, so anytime sort of late August, early September is a perfect time to get into the garden, to be transplanting, planting, dividing, digging, doing all that kind of garden maintenance that we can do in the fall so that everything's super happy come spring. Oh, that's great. So, But a I, sunny spot, make sure you give it, make sure it's getting lots of sun where you plant them. Okay, thank okay. you so much. Thanks for Thanks, calling. Helen. All right. Bye. Always, always bye bye. nice to welcome you here to the Garden Show. Yeah. On a, actually, it's a beautiful Saturday morning. It is. And we welcome from Welland, there's Jack on the line. Good morning, Jack. Uh, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. Excellent. What's going on at your place? Okay, I'm calling about a begonia rex. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. Okay, and I when I bought it two weeks ago, it... The pots, the two pots were really, really dry. So I did, I soaked them overnight. Okay. And then the next day, I transplanted them. Okay. Into a bigger pot. Okay. Oh, okay. Good idea. Yep. Okay. So then what happened, I lost all the, pretty well all the leaves. There's only three or four leaves left. Wow. The leaves on the begonia. Yes. They died off. <clears throat> so what did I do wrong? Too right. much watering? Um, well, okay, so that's a good point. You, you said they were super dry when you brought them home. Giving them a thorough watering was a great idea. Yeah. Then you said you transplanted them into a... How much bigger of a pot did you go into? Uh, it's about a six-inch pot, I guess. So they might have been in a four-inch, and you moved them up to a six? Oh, is that, okay. does that sound right? Is that what you? Yeah, yeah which is uh, fine. That's fine. Yeah. We only we go up one step when one we trans. We go up. And, you don't so want to go too big. You, right exactly. Away. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go from a four inch pot to a fourteen inch pot because no. you, then they will go no. go into shock. No, I didn't do that. Yeah. So if you went from a four to a six, that's fine. And then when you transplanted, you probably watered again. So that would have been two days in a row of watering. Yes. And then have you watered since then? Uh, no. Good. No, because uh, the ground is. Uh, Still wet. It's still wet. Yeah. And have you got them in? It's getting a little bit of morning sunshine. Are they outside? No, they're inside. Could you put them outside? Why, sure. Well, get them out where they'll get some morning sun. Morning sun, And yeah. they'll like that because it's a soft light. Uh, it'll, uh, unlike that harsh afternoon sun where they just get the leaves will turn crispy, get them into some morning sun or some dappled sun so they're getting a little bit of sunshade. And, of course, air circulation. All those things are good for plants at this time of year. The humidity is wonderful. Do not water those plants again until the top of the soil feels dry. Okay. In the meantime, get a little pair of scissors if necessary and cut out any brown or yellow leaves. Yes. 
but let I them. Did. Yeah, if, if it's a little bit of brown on the leaf, leave it alone. But if the whole leaf is brown, take it right out because mm-hmm. you don't want that those leaves sitting in the pot where they're going to rot okay. and start up a little uh, fungal problem in the pot. But they're they're pretty tough little plants. If you can get them into a happy situation with some air and a bit of sun, I think you'll find they'll probably start shooting out some new growth. All right. But okay, Jack. no water till the soil feels dry. Yeah. Okay, thank okay. you. You're welcome. That's encouragement. Good All stuff. Right. Well, you let us know. Give, call us in a month or so. Give us an update. That's thank why you. Dr. Charlie is here. That'll make you feel better. <laughs> encouragement. You know? Exactly. And we have to take a little bit of a break here, but we do have Rosa and John on the line. Uh, we'll be back to talk to those folks here in just moments on Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And, Charlie, let me quickly mention, we get a couple of lines open right now mm-hmm. at 416-360-0740 or anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And with that done, let's uh, go to Rosa in Milton. Good morning, Rosa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Also to Charlie. Oh, yes, there hello yeah. there. What's going on? Um, I have a lilac tree, and it is very, very tall now, so that I can't be picking the huh, violet, the, flowers, the yeah. violet, the lilacs to mm-hmm. you know bring into your house. Yeah, and I want my husband now to cut it across to about let's say maybe I'm five foot, so about five foot six in and around there, so mm-hmm. I can reach them. So when can he cut that across? Okay, so two things. <clears throat> the best time to prune a lilac is right after it finishes blooming. So that would have been, you know, a month ago or more. If okay. you prune it now, I haven't looked closely. I mean, you could take a really close look. The thing with lilacs is they form their flower buds during the summer, and those little buds. They're round as opposed to leaf buds, which are more elongated. So if you look closely, you can see a difference between flower buds and leaf buds on a lilac. Hard to say whether the flower buds are formed yet. If they aren't, you could still prune. If they are, you can prune, but you will be pruning off next spring's flowers. So that's the challenge with when to prune. So you're right. Good idea. Prune lilacs. Keep them down to a height where we can smell and enjoy and and take in some of the lilac blooms. Uh, And that does mean sometimes bringing the plants down a number of feet. It is a it's a right now with the heat. It's very stressful time to do um, sort of high impact pruning. So I wouldn't recommend it. Just it's been dry. It's been very hot. If you were to do some sort of major pruning on the plant, you may find you will shock it so much that it'll, you'll start to see a bunch of dieback on it. If okay. possible, I would wait. Wait until next year, till right after it finishes blooming, then get out that chainsaw and get to work, whether it's May or June, but right away. And, you know, on a dry, oh. sunny day, still, you know, early enough in the season that it's not super hot, and you'll be much ah. more successful with that pruning job. 
Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're okay, very welcome. You're welcome. There's a happy okay. sound. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye now. And I, you know, I totally understand why Rosa wants to do that, because there's nothing worse than having all your lilacs 12, 15 feet up in the yeah, air. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I want those lilacs. <laughs> Down I need, where I can I need see a them. ladder yeah. to go up and sniff them. <laughs> okay. Off to uh, Mrs. Yeah, uh, I wonder if it's our Maltese, Maltese-born John <laughs> on the line. Mm. Good morning, well, Oh, yes, hello, uh, Good morning, John. <laughs> Hi, John. <laughs> Um, Charlie, yes. I, I, I'm a little bit curious. Yeah. And I, this is regarding the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. My tomatoes, they are over six feet in height. Yeah. And I haven't had one tomato yet. There, there are few, to- not few, I have around 30 plants. Yeah. But Green. there are, you know, quite a few tomatoes. Mm-hmm. But my neighbor across the street, she doesn't do no miracle growth, no this, no that. And I'll tell you, the tomatoes she has, they are fantastic. <laughs> and they are only maybe, I say, two feet, the most three feet height. Right. Wow. Can you tell me, is it, and may I add that my tomatoes are morning sun? Right. In other words, around two o'clock or three o'clock, the, you know, the shade. Yeah, yeah. And is your neighbors all day sun? I think so. Not yeah, actually. I say yes. It, it is okay. Um, but with me, I think I told you a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, I put uh, peat moss in my in my soil. I put manure. Mm-hmm. So and and by the way, I cut a lot of leaves. So right. I open up a little bit. And you, I do, do the right thing. Now yeah, you, I let you tell me what what is going on. Okay, I th- there's could, could be a couple things going on. One is. Okay. You know, there's hundreds of varieties of tomatoes. Uh-huh. So some tomatoes are determinant. They stay short and bushy and uh-huh. often will uh, bear fruit earlier than the indeterminate tomatoes, which are the ones that get tall, like beefsteaks as a good example. Mm-hmm. Even the sweet 100s and sweet millions, tiny little sweet tomatoes, but again, 8, 10 feet tall if allowed to get to that height. Uh, and actually, the growers in the greenhouses that grow tomatoes in Ontario for the Ontario market in the winter, their tomatoes are kept alive for 11 months and they're 20 feet tall. So, oh, I mean, no oh my kidding. gosh. Yeah, so ours die because of the frost like, or they're limited by how tall they can get out in our gardens. The wind knocks them over and stuff. So tomatoes, indeterminate tomatoes can grow very, very big and it's only frost that stops them. So there could be a variety thing going on there that you're, the, the tomatoes you're if growing... If I may interrupt you, Charlie, yeah. I do, we do have a lot of varieties because mm. My wife, you know, she does them from seeds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have, I have some marzano. I have uh, yeah, uh, uh, heart. I have beef steak. Nice. Uh, bell peppers. Uh, Roma. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, so, but so I pinch them from the top so they, is that a good idea? To pinch them from the top so that they keep growing higher. Okay, no. You pinch the top and they get wider. Oh, shucks. Right? That thing. <laughs> so you take off the top terminal bud, the tip of the, yeah. the plant, you will encourage side shoots. So it'll be a much bushier plant, but not oh. as tall. But then you're a guy who goes in there and takes a bunch of leaves off, so that can often work because you're still getting that sun penetration into that bushy plant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I d- had an email on this this week as well from somebody, very similar question, like, what should I do? Should I take off the tops or should I pinch the sides? And uh-huh. it, the shape you, the plant will grow to is very 
much dependent on how much space you have. Like if you've got three feet between each plant or a meter between each plant, you can go bushy. But if you're in a small space and you've only got, you know, half that space between each tomato, yes, that's, that's you want the them tall shot. and narrow. Yeah, so you want them tall and narrow. So you don't want to pinch the tops. You want to pinch the suckers out of where the, the, la- the yeah, main which stem. Which I do that at the beginning. Right. So, and you know what I'll do? I'll usually leave my tomatoes so that I, I get suckers just at the bottom. So instead of a single stem all the way up, like a tree tomato, I'll, uh-huh. I'll allow it to maybe have three uh, straight up from the bottom mm-hmm. <clears throat> main stems. But from that point forward, all suckers come out. And I don't take leaves off until I'm trying to really get the, the ripening going on. And right now, I'm all green. All my tomatoes are green. So, you know, uh, because, it's like I said, yeah, uh, variety. Well, I yesterday, because uh, uh, yesterday I took some leaves off quite mm-hmm. a bit. And then uh, actually I have half of them. Then I'm maybe I should not maybe. Then I'm going to leave the half of the rest I don't cut the, the leaves and I let them be and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, but because remember... Should, but you, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, long ago you, told, you said that when you put the manure, you yeah. encourage a lot of leaves. True. Manure it is high in nitrogen, which does encourage green growth. But remember, the plant needs to photosynthesize in order to grow, and that's why we need the green growth. So yeah, if we thing, take yeah. all the leaves yeah. off, then the plant stops growing. You know, so it's, it is important. There's that balance. It's and that's hard. But I know you're out in your garden a lot, so you're looking for the the balance between enough leaves for maximum growth, maximum photosynthesis, but not so many leaves as to uh, shadow and shade and and limit the fruit and flower. So, yeah, for each of us, it's variety and soil dependent. So, I don't use miracle Grow on my tomatoes just because they get too big too fast, but uh, uh-huh. but yeah, I have a lot of compost mixed in with my soil, and um, yeah, just let things happen. Every year is a new year, I find, and I grow different varieties every year, yeah. too, so you never really know. Uh, but different maturity dates with different varieties. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. don't worry, it's only July. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks. Good thanks, stuff, Charlie. John. Thanks, thanks for calling, okay, John. John. Bye-bye. You take care, boy. He's got to have a fair-sized property. All the, I know. We all keep saying we're going to go visit him. Yeah. We're going to have to really go yeah, visit him. We'll it. do a remote from his backyard. That's How's right. That? That's right. Huh? Good idea. <laughs> we got to work on this. You know, I think we're winning the uh, fight in Coburg. We've got two callers lined up. <laughs> First of all, there's Don on the line. Good morning, Don. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning, and how are you both this morning? Great. Good Thank morning. You. I've got a question with regard to a pre-emergent uh, corn gluten product that I put on my lawn in the early spring when the forsythias come out mm-hmm. to stop the germination of crabgrass. Yep. And I was wondering if at the same time I could apply a fertilizer and grass seed. Okay, great question. Uh, yes, you can apply fertilizer, but typically the corn gluten is mixed with a fertilizer to go okay. on your lawn. But absolutely do not plant grass seed at the same time because the, it won't germinate either correct the corn gluten can't differentiate between a crabgrass seed and a you know kentucky bluegrass seed right so the right. C- corn gluten stops the uh, germination of all seeds so you've got a six-week window you either plant your seeds way back in march and then you're out there with the corn gluten six weeks later because the, the grass seeds have already germinated or vice versa, you're using your corn gluten when the forsythia is blooming and then giving that six-week window before you, you do your top dressing and overseeding. Excellent, excellent. So if I wait six weeks, then I can do the top dressing. You should be able to, yep. 
Terrific. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for your call. Uh, I enjoy your show. Thanks, Thanks Don. And, and, you know, we often think of corn gluten as something to only use in the spring to control crabgrass. Mm-hmm. But remember, and it was classic this past season, all the, remember all the dandelions oh, all bloomed at once. Yeah. Right? So it was like seas of yellow. And then a week later, it was seas of, of fluffy seeds blowing yep, around. Yep. The corn yep. gluten is very effective on all those dandelion seeds. So, you know, by that time, we're usually about eh, late June, uh-huh. mid-June, depending on the kind of spring we're having. So if you don't do the corn gluten back to stop the crabgrass back in April or, or you know, depending on the season, late yep. March, then you can always do the corn gluten in June or early July to limit the dandelions. You got it. Okay. Well, I'd mentioned, Charlie, that we do have another caller from Colbert. Mm-hmm. And we do. Hey, there's Brian. Good morning, Brian. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. How Good are you this morning? Excellent. Excellent. Good. Uh, I have a, a sunburst locust mm-hmm. that's probably 12 to 15 feet high. Mm-hmm. And I want to raise the crown. Now, there's one persistent branch that's quite, I guess, would be... Uh, maybe an inch and a half around. Mm-hmm. I want to know when is the best time to cut that branch off. Would it be in the fall or would it be in the spring? You know what? You could do it any time almost. Uh, your real important, if it's actually an inch and a half, that's a fairly large branch. And that's like what, right at eye height or yeah, head height? Yeah, so, just, just about eye height. Yeah, yeah and they're typically they shoot out horizontally, so you hit it as you're trying to mow the lawn or whatever. That's correct, yes. Okay, yes. so... <clears throat> Your most important criteria when you're cutting off a branch like that, I would not do it in the heat of July, so I wouldn't do it now, but you're right. Okay. You could do spring, you could do fall, so you okay. could do kind of like late August, anytime in September. or late August, September, okay, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, next spring. But I would personally, if it's, if it's that big of a branch, the sooner you take it off, the better. Yep. So fall would be ideal. Make sure it's a dry day. It, there's no rain in the forecast. Dry you, and no rain, okay, yeah. Because you're going to be wounding the plant. When you prune yep. off a branch of that size, you are leaving an open, gaping wound. Right. And yes, the plant, yes. if it's healthy and happy, will heal that wound, just like we get a scab, mm-hmm. we, you know, we get a, um, an abrasion, we grow a scab, a dried spot, and the plant will do the same thing if the weather and the health is all in its favor. So that's why right. we like dry, sunny, preferably windy days. We'll just see a better uh, response to that wound. Yes. But with such a heavy branch, don't just go in there with your saw and start sawing off that big branch because the weight as it starts to fall can strip the bark right down the main stem, the trunk of the tree. So take it out in sections. Then. Correct. So this okay. is a, it's a three-cut ah, situation. Good. So yes. you, do, you go about a foot out from the main stem, go about halfway through that branch, then come in a couple inches and go from the underneath up the other halfway through the branch. Yep. When it drops, it drops, and you've still got that foot-long stub to deal with. But at least you've right. got the weight eliminated. Yeah. So okay. it doesn't strip the rest of the bark That's down right. the tree. And now yeah. you come and you look closely. You're going to see a, something called the branch collar. It's a kind of almost like a, like a donut around where the branch meets the main stem. There's kind of a bit of a swollen spot. And that mm-hmm. collar, you want to cut just outside the collar. You want to leave the collar intact. Yes. But but it's your cut, your nice clean cut with clean tools is right at the collar, and you'll get your healing the fastest. Wow. Great. And no spray, none of that tar stuff. Just let okay, the plant great. heal itself. Just let it heal itself naturally. Yep, exactly. Okay. Okay. 
Thank you very kindly. You're very, very, very hey, welcome. You? Okay. <laughs> Another satisfied customer. Right I here. love a sunburst, honey yeah. locust. I friend yeah. of mine who lives out in Prince Edward County, um, who is a very beautiful garden. Like mm-hmm. she could probably turn it into a botanical gardens. Her place is so gorgeous. She, we were talking about us moving out there, and I need trees. And she said, I, she said I have had great success with sunburst honey locust. They grow quickly. Uh-huh. They're soft gentle shade bright bright yellow leaves the new leaves are yeah. you know bright yellow super cheerful plants easy you know no pests no diseases they're not like wow. messy there's no fruits or cones you know there's no flowers like you know magnolias drop yeah, all those yeah. flowers no messy stuff uh, so she's like a big fan of sunburst honey locust so I've got that on my wish list for my next location okay you know um, I'm a little disappointed what? Uh, well uh, I haven't had a first time caller uh, oh, today Point. So I'm going to try to incur because uh, my bell is, is right getting here. Dusty. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> no ringy ding, and you know. <laughs> so any first time caller out there, get up the nerve. You've got we've got lines open right now do, yeah. in Toronto four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and anywhere in the province. As a matter of fact, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. So yeah, screw up your courage. Hmm. We're we're easy to deal with. We, we welcome. <laughs> we don't you bite. The, no, we do not. And the no. coffee is always on, though we can't guarantee the milk is good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, back in a moment here on The Garden Show. Tony's on the line from Scarborough, and we'll deal with whatever problem he's got for us here on The Garden Show. From we, will, we will, won't we? Well, yes, oh, if it's getting to do with nematodes, maybe I might be able and to. season's coming. Yeah, no, yeah, no, me smart guy. Okay, back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the uh, Garden Show, Frank Proctor, here is saying it's a gorgeous Saturday morning. It really is. Sure is. It's not too hot either. No. Beautiful weather. Uh, And so we welcome uh, Tony to the line from Scarborough. Good morning, Tony. Uh, good, good morning, uh, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, I have a question for you. I don't, I don't know if it's your expertise, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. No. I have to see the trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are about five foot, six, five, six feet tall, mm-hmm. planted right by the foundation on, in my, uh, the back of my house. Mm-hmm. How, uh, how close to the... harmful to the foundation to... To, uh, to have trees, uh, I mean, you see the trees right by the foundation. Is how, it harmful to the foundation? How close are they to the foundation? Yeah, almost right there. Oh, like oh like boy. an inch or two away? Not hmm. inches, say, I would say about six inches. Six inches. Okay, uh, the cedar trees themselves are not, don't have highly invasive root systems, though over the years the roots do b- build up. Um, five feet tall, so did you plant them or were they there when you moved in? Uh, I planted them, unfortunately. And how many years ago was that? Uh, this was about uh, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. It would tiny little plants when yeah. I planted them. <laughs> of course. And that's the old, you know, little puppies that grow into Great Danes, right? right. So it, it would be better if the trees were further away from the foundation, both for the health of the foundation, but also for the health of the trees. Because the trees will die along that backside where they're up against the wall. 
There's no air. There's no sun. It, there'll just be a yellow, golden mass back there. They're growing perfectly. They are nice and green. Yeah, so far so good. But give them a few more years, and you'll just start to see they won't be as doing as well. So ten years is quite a long time to consider moving them. Um, for now, you know what I'd probably do. Because it's been too long and it's not easy to move a tree that's been there that long. Just make sure you stay on top of pruning them. Make sure that you're shearing them every single year in late spring. So that might be early June, depending on the kind of spring we're having. And shearing them back at least half an inch to an inch every single year. And that way they won't get any bigger. They'll stay around that five foot size, which is probably the optimal size to look good on your house as well. And that will also keep them green and bushy. You'll always have that new growth happening. Uh, And you're you're probably good doing that for the next five or 10 years. But at that point, you'll get you'll have to remove them. But the, the roots won't hurt the foundation by any chance? Eventually they will, but not in the very near term. So I, like I say, you're good for another five to ten years, but I wouldn't try and push it beyond that in terms of the roots doing damage. All right. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Thank You're you, welcome. Tony. There was a kind of an interesting question. Eh? Uh, it happens. Yeah. So often plants are planted too close to the home. And well, it's not looking in the future. That's yeah. the problem. It's hard to envision yeah. how these yeah. plants are going to yeah. grow. The other thing at, at, right at our foundations, of course, is that we have the eaves. So we have our roof coming it's, over, obviously protecting the ground around our foundation. Mm-hmm. And the poor little plants are in there under the eaves, getting no light and no rain. Yeah. So yeah. It's, a hard, it's a hard place to plant. You always better, you know, err on the side of planting too far out rather mm. than too far in when it comes to buildings. Okay. Uh, back to my problem of no bell ringing uh, this morning. Uh, uh, I'm just wondering, yeah. Siva is on the line oh, from Toronto. Our friend Siva. Siva. When, the, when you called the garden show for the very first time, did you get a ring of the bell? I think I did, but you can ring it again. Oh, well, you know what? <laughs> just in case, see, I just want to make sure we're that being you proactive here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was doing my best, Jack Benny. There. <laughs> well, okay. Happy right. Welcome back, Siva. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Siva. <laughs> okay, I have a squash and butternut and pumpkin vines, mm-hmm. and what I want to know: they send out a lot of shoots, mm-hmm. which which do bear fruit also. But should I remove them? Oh, why? Didn't you plant them to get the fruit? Yes, but you know, like cucumbers, I understood you have to take those runners off. So I wanted to know if it, it were the same with the pumpkin and the butternut. Uh, well, I'd, it depends how much room you have. If you've got the room, let the plant send out all those runners and send, put out all those flowers. All right, okay. Create all those squashes. It, it it's obviously takes a lot of energy for the plant to be able to produce all that fruit. Yeah. So okay. if you're growing um, squash to get into one of those competitions for growing the biggest squash in all of Ontario, then you're right. You're going to want to remove the other squashes. Okay. But if you're growing because you're, you're make, you know, growing some food for later on this fall, I would maximize the harvest by, you know, keeping the plants healthy, happy, well watered, a okay. little top dressing with some compost, but it does come down to space. Okay. I, I, we grew pumpkins one time at our place when the kids were little and the pumpkin okay. vines went right through the lawn and around yeah. and around yeah. and around. My, we couldn't my, mow the lawn. Well, my daughter had sent you some pictures of those long Italian squash. They were like 30 pounds, you know? Yeah. So, and I always have uh, veggies for the next year, so, which I make soup. Good. So that's perfect. That's good. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. tell John to use the powdered milk because my tomatoes have so many. I can almost uh. make fried green tomatoes <laughs> like today well, yeah. that's great okay well i'm sure john is still listening so you like that <laughs> you like that um skim milk powder huh yes it really works this is the first time for me that i've been so successful and did you do it with the bottle cut out idea yes i did that wow. and an animal came in and removed it i guess he was trying to get the milk yes. you know <laughs> but it's doing good well, nice well there you go and that was it. from one of our callers a month or so ago yeah. so yes. that's a good little recipe interesting yes I'm, thank you thanks for calling oh, Siva. thank you very much who oh, is our chap in uh tilsonburg oh yeah uh, now you're gonna ask me if, well, I just, yes, I'm trying he, desperately. Warner, Warner, thank that's you. It. Yeah, yeah, we you remember. It. And is it Tilsonburg? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's right on. You know, we we are bumping up right next to our break here, so we better do that so that we have time to come in and say hi to Anne in Newmarket and Joan in North York and whoever else we can squeeze in on the show here on Zoomer Radio. It's the Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's find out what's going on in Newmarket. There's Anne uh, with a comment or a question, I'm not sure. Hi, good morning, Anne. How are you? And I want to congratulate on your 10 years. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So nice to know that there's been a show that long on air. That's right. Um, I'm phoning Frank for you again yeah. about the mystery flower. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> to, oh, to confirm what it's called, you mean? Yes, I want to get some, but I don't know where to uh, go to get any. Okay, so do you want to go yeah, ahead? Uh, well, now, uh, Kathy, and I believe the, uh, her husband's name is John. They live in Markham. Would you that. send a caller to their house to go yeah, dig well, no, some out no, of their no, garden? No, I'm just wondering if he has any more. That no, was... but let's let's clarify what it okay, is. It's yeah. a it's a hardy geranium. Mm-hmm. The actual Latin name is geranium, and it's hardy in the sense that it's perennial. So this is a plant that survives the winter and comes back every spring and is very dependable as a ground cover. Nice in the case of the one that that these lovely listeners shared with you and me. Mm. Uh, it's a geranium, and it's called macrorhizum. So mm-hmm. macro as in big, macro, and then rhizome. Rhizome as in uh, the fact that it grows off of rhizomes. Uh, it is. It just kind of basically wanders through the woods as a ground, yeah, cover. ground cover. It sends a, mm-hmm. these little legs kind of go out, and then it pops, touches the ground, more little green growth, and it's lovely covered in blooms all spring. Oh, that sounds so nice. But there's many, many, many cultivars of geranium out there. It's like so many, it's uh, there's hundreds. And I've just brought up a website here called Perennial Geraniums Cultivars for Every Garden. Okay. And and the so um, I googled you know perennial geranium, but the actual website is flowergardeningmadeeasy.com. Okay. Uh, so, where are you? Okay, wait. You're in, oh, you know what? You Newmarket, just go to yeah. John's Garden Center, John's Garden, John's Perennial Garden Center. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Okay. You keep listening. I'll give you the address. He's up in Newmarket. He's got lots and lots and lots of... He's a perennial guy. He'll okay. have several geranium cultivars for you to choose from, I'm sure. How about that? All right. Oh, great. All right. <laughs> okay, thank you. Have a nice weekend. Thank, yeah, thank you. you, you and the same to you. 
Thanks for joining us here yes, on the uh, on the garden show. Yeah. Uh, well, son of a gun, let's uh, head in another direction. Uh, North York, as a matter of fact. There's Joan. Good morning, Joan. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call, and congratulations for your ten years. Oh, thank thank you. Enjoying it. Um, I know there's not much time left. <clears throat> I'm calling about my raspberries, mm-hmm. and um, they're about five years old. I guess I planted them about five years ago, mm-hmm. and I watered them more this spring than usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe four times or five times a week, uh-huh. um, and then I tried to prune the old ones out. But now I have many dead branches that have just turned brown, and many suckers. So I don't know what I did wrong this year. Have you ever pruned them in the past? Uh, no, because they haven't been this thick before. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing with raspberries. They have a tendency to take over the garden They because they do send little branches up from the root. So the trick with raspberries is, remember, once a cane has flowered, it that cane will typically turn brown and shrivel up. So mm-hmm. late in the season, might be September, October, and depending whether you've got ever-bearing or just spring-bearing raspberries, you'll take a walk through your raspberry patch, pruning out at ground level the canes that have fruited. Then in the spring, as the new growth is starting to emerge, you'll go through and you'll tip prune the new growth, trying to encourage some bushiness off of the canes that are growing. And then midsummer, you'll take another walk through your raspberry patch just to eliminate where it's getting too thick and dense, where you can no longer get through, but also any um, wizened or uh, unhappy, unhealthy-looking canes that are coming up. So it's a, it is kind of a three-part process, fall, spring, and then sort of early midsummer to take a walk through, uh, obviously hopefully picking and enjoying as you go, because raspberries are the best. Um, but yeah, they are a little bit of, of maintenance that way. Okay. okay. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank You're you, You're very Joan. welcome. And I am absolutely delighted that we've uh, got just enough time Wait, here. I'm going to, what? Well, what oh, were we going to say? Delighted? Well, no. You're uh, going to well, go we'll to have somewhere? a first-time caller, you see. Oh, sh- hold on. Have, uh, oh, I'm just oh, going to John's Garden. Oh, oh, I mentioned right. to Anne in Newmarket. Uh, John's actually in Uxbridge. So it's called John's Garden. Its actual address is 4300, so 4300 Concession Road 7 in Uxbridge. Uh, or you can, he also has a website, and I think it's just called John's Garden. He's also on Facebook. But he, he's yeah. quite a, a wonderful source for perennials. Okay. We oh, do have time, I do, do believe. Yes, two indeed. minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Time. Just a minute. <laughs> hey, Kathy, bless your heart, from Otterville, first wow, time. Wow, great sounding town. I know. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for squeezing me in. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> well, I have a yew hedge that's really old, like 30 years old. It needs a really good mm. chop down, and mm. I just don't know when's the best time to do that. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about yews is they're pretty forgiving. That the, uh, Unlike many plants, you will get some new growth off of that very old wood. Yeah. But to do a dramatic cutting back, like a taking it down by a third or more, yeah. I would do in the fall. I would do that early to mid-September okay. uh, during dry weather. Make sure all your cuts are on a slant so that rain and dew does not collect on those flat, don't make any flat surfaces where yeah. water angles. will get down and cause some rotting. So you got okay. little, little angles on all your cuts and get some top dressings, some good compost, some manure around those plants either this fall or in the spring to encourage new growth. Okay. All right. 
There it Thank is, you. in a Kathy, nutshell. Thank you so much. <laughs> you preserved my job. <laughs> uh, and your arm got its right. much-needed workout. Exactly. And, of Charlie. course, you're buying breakfast. Oh, I know. Speaking you're of Pheasant much under need. glass. Here it comes. I can tell. I th- I'm so hungry, I might have two pheasants under glass, if that's <laughs> oh, okay no. with you. <laughs> oh, i got to call my bank. <laughs> that bank manager <laughs> yells at you every Monday. What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> Happy 10th. Hey, you too. Thanks, Frank. This has been so so much fun. I mean, we couldn't... I wouldn't have nearly as much fun if you weren't here doing this with me. So I, I really appreciate you showing up every Saturday morning all bright and chipper and full of silly ideas and crazy impersonations. Couldn't do without Sebastian <laughs> either on the other side of the glass. Thank you very much. And, of course, callers. The show is based on great callers and great questions. And we have those. And great tips. Yeah. We've had some wonderful tips. So everybody keep that in mind for next week, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.